0: my cameraman in Madagascar got a stick like engorged into his leg like in the middle of nowhere. So we had to kind of make decisions or do we pull it out? Do we, you know, we, so we did all this stuff on camera and Guyana was, was for real. Like we got in, we, from the get go, I knew we were dealing with a really shady dude and we got in the middle of the jungle and he kind of renegotiated the deal over and over and over until all the cash was gone.
1: It's going to be a really neat behind the scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Because something always magical happens. Wait, what? Did you just make that up? Hey, it's Meredith for Real, the curious introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Big thanks to our location sponsor, the UWF Historical Trust. Imagine yourself lost in Guyana. Now swimming with sharks, now giving a tour of New Orleans, now a cameraman, a drone pilot, a travel host show, a writer, director, editor, congratulations, you've just lived part of my next guest's life. (laughs) Shane Reynolds has worked with Travel Channel, National Geographic, Discovery Channel, and the BBC. He's the owner of the mobile TV production company, Color Earth and is a traveling one-man band. Today, we're going to get behind the curtain and look at the shows that let us mind travel and Shano himself, juggler literally and figuratively, (laughs) (laughs) professional adventurer, Shane Reynolds.
0: What's (laughs) up?
1: What's up? Welcome. Welcome out of quarantine.
0: Yeah, good to be here. It's so fun not uh, just sitting around watching my mullet grow.
1: (laughs) So you wear so many hats when I was like researching this for this podcast, it was like such a long list. I had to pick just a few for your intro Yeah, of all the hats you wear. And I keep finding out that you wear more, which hat was the first hat?
0: The first hat was actually music. I actually was, was, uh, recording and writing and recording music a lot and, and played in a few bands through college. I wanted to take music really seriously. And when I got to, uh, when I realized like majoring in music would ruin my love for music, uh, I started looking in other directions, and and I just found that that video is very similar to that in terms of I, I loved being in the recording studio. I could spend fifteen hours just mixing music, so it was the same kind of deal going out and shooting videos and coming in and. And putting that stuff together, just a, a visual version. So. Yeah,
1: that's interesting because you, what you just described musically is being the talent and being the production person, right? And that's right, what right. you do now. Yeah, so. yeah. Hey I, I, thought.
0: I, you know, I, I still to this day I don't know if it's it's just because I'm a control freak or I'm just you know easily bored or or I didn't have the talent around me to to do it. You know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I've come across great talent along the way. And I've uh I've definitely gotten to this point where, you know, I'm I'm able to delegate more these days because I'm getting older and you know, I don't want to be a one man band. But, you know, growing up in and, and into this industry, it was always kind of a kind of a kiss of death because it, it just you know, I I moved to Nashville to push music. I started getting into video and, and everyone was like, so what do you want to do here at this production company? And it's like, well, I I want to edit and I want to shoot and I want to do that. And they're like, well, you can't, you can't do all those things, you know, like you got to pick one and and specialize in it. Otherwise people think you suck at all of it, you know? So, (laughs) you know, like, but I like doing all of it, you know, and I think I'm okay at it, you know, and I look back now and I'm, I, I was terrible and you know, thankfully, I look back at it that way because I think if you if you don't look back at your early stuff and think it sucks, then you haven't grown. Then so you
1: probably still suck. Yeah, yeah, I exactly, mean, <laughs> yeah. exactly. We should all look back at our past selves and be embarrassed. Yeah. That's like actually some sort of like right, goal. Right, right, yeah. right. That's funny that you mentioned about the people thought that you were maybe sucky at all those things and, well, what do you want to do? Because when I was thinking about how does Shane get these, you know, professional relationships with all these networks and stuff. Which thing do you pitch?
0: Um, That's been kind of the hard part too. You know, nowadays I have, I think, five or six different demo reels, that I've just kind of I, I spent many years trying to make a demo reel that kind of explained everything, but it just never did. Yeah. So I just got to this point where like, okay, I'm just gonna make a drone reel. I'm gonna make an underwater reel. I'm gonna make a DP reel. I'm gonna make a host reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then whenever people are asking, you know, do you do this? So, yeah, here. <laughs> you know, so maybe it looks a little more like I'm focused in on that. Rather than all over sense. the place.
1: Yeah, so. that's kind of like a comp card for modeling. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if I'm submitting for something, then I might change out the pictures to be more, you know, commercial mom type role. If they right. want like sporty spice, yeah. then I put like my sports bra on yeah, and my yeah. leggings <laughs> and look super <for> sporty. <laughs> That'll be your next reel. Yeah, right. Sporty spice, shame. <laughs>
0: I, I definitely have had some Sporty Spice uh reels in the past. So. Okay, well we'll make sure yeah. to link those in the <laughs> yeah. show notes. I don't know if you <laughs> want to look at those.
1: So how did you what was your first um big break when it came to the production and or on screen talent?
0: Um, you know what I was in Nashville, I moved there in ninety-eight and um, you know, I wouldn't call it my big break, but it was, you know, getting paid to to do this kind of thing, um, you know, I worked at a little production company called CJM Productions and uh, they hired me as a, as a production assistant. And within a year or two, I was shooting their, you know, as their main director, I was set designing for them. I was doing all their editing. I was hosting their music video show. I was doing all these things and still getting paid as a, <laughs> as a production assistant, but it was a really great experience while it lasted because it just, it, it got me into working with all kinds, I mean, we worked with everybody in, in Nashville and, um, you know, got to do cool things like, you know, go to Stingray city with Blake Shelton or, you know, scuba diving with Travis Tritt and just random, random things, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, but it was always just kind of a grind, you know? So from 98, I guess I started professionally and then I didn't get like the, what you'd call the big break until probably 2006 when Travel Channel kind of called and said, let's, we want to do this one man band show. Uh, and it was a primetime thing. And it was just a handful of us that are just hosting, shooting, editing our own shows for this Travel Channel show. So, you know, it, it didn't become a career until then. It was work until then, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and, and since then it's just been, you know, once you, once you get your foot in the door, which is the hardest part, you know, then If you're good at what you do, then, you know, all these executives tend to get turned over every couple of years and they all branch out to different places like BBC or to PBS or, you know, to Nat Geo. So that's where it leads to all these other opportunities.
1: Okay. I That makes so much sense because I was wondering how you went from one to the other. Like, I just imagined you on your computer, like, writing emails or something, but
0: it's not that way. No, it's... It's that it's it's recognizing opportunity. I almost didn't even submit to Travel Channel when it happened because uh, a friend of the family just sent me an email. that was like well, they're they're taking auditions online for a this backpacker show that where these kids go out for 50 bucks a day. And I was 30 years old at the time, and I'm like, they're, they're, I'm too old for this. So I threw it in the trash. And like 20 minutes later, I was like, eh. You know, at least someone at Travel Channel will be looking at my stuff. So yeah. I'm I'm just gonna submit anyway. So I pulled it out of the trash and did it and it I made it to the final round of interviews for that show, didn't get it, and I was I drove all the way to Miami for that final interview and nothing and they're like, Well, you didn't get it and I'm like <laughs> What an enormous waste of time. And like two days later, another exec said, we didn't want you for that show, but we want you to do this other one. And so, you know, I'm like, I could do a show for <laughs> where I'm doing everything and not working on $50 a day. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, and what show was that?
0: Uh, that show was called uh, five, takes. five Takes. So it was these five backpackers with 50 bucks a day running around with each other. It was like a reality travel show.
1: And the show that you actually got booked for?
0: Was uh, Not Your Average Travel Guide.
1: Okay, That those... I that I saw on the Travel Channel yeah. website. So yeah. that's where you got to do tours yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And then when did Shane Untamed come into the picture?
0: Uh that we got that after in two thousand ten. We did that from two thousand ten through two thousand eleven. And uh that was based on a exec that I got to know real well at Travel Channel who moved over to Nat Geo and and you know, they <laughs> He, they, they kind of, uh, you know, this was Bill Margul who's, who's now at PBS. He's a, just a great guy. And he, uh, you know, gave me this false sense of security in the industry because it was, when I got done with that, he pretty much brought me over there and it was like, hey, they flew me up and we want you to pitch a show. And I, I, I kind of hardly knew the process of really pitching. So I just kind of sat down and I had a basic idea of what I wanted to do and I let them, I just let them roll with it. And let them kind of pitch the show for me, I was like, "I want to go to weird places and weird animals, that kind of thing. They're like, "Right, right, and you're going to do this and this with it too." And I was like, "Exactly, that's what I want to do you know and like, I' I love it, let's go let's let's make this show and we, so that was an incredible experience, but it also led me to believe, oh this getting shows is just so easy, you know and uh, and I've since learned that <laughs> you know the grind's a lot harder than that, yeah, but
1: how much of that was real because I watched clips on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty searchable and it was like you with a self-facing camera trucking through the jungle with your camera crew, you don't know where they're at. Right. And you're fighting off mosquitoes. How much of of that is like, oh guys, that was good. Do it again. And how much of it is like really recorded live as it happens?
0: I think in most cases, uh, you know, it this this was all like one man band kind of stuff, right? But it's it's grown exponentially since not your average travel guide. So that the the Shane and Tame show it was still billed as a one man band show, but it was you know I still had a shooter, I had you know yeah. a, a little bit of a of a support group there as far as a crew goes, and um, so we were still streamlining everything to a point in which you know we we definitely had to go in with an idea of what we wanted we needed to kind of produce a little bit you know we just kind of hit action and let it happen so in that sense it was real and then we'd go back and see how it it all unfolded and then say okay now we got to fill in the blanks and tell that story right so it was kind of like a reality show but let's when we're done we got to embellish it to make it look really good
1: or enhanced reality right exactly yeah was there any, like, crazy situations with that? Because it did look very um, out there in the middle of nowhere.
0: Um, it it just depended. Like, uh, you know, the Alaska show pretty much went without a hitch. Uh, Everglades went without a hitch. But we did stuff like, uh, you know, my cameraman in Madagascar got a stick, like, engorged into his leg, like, in the middle of nowhere. So we had to kind of make decisions, or do we pull it out, do we... You know, we, So we did all this stuff on camera, and Guyana was, was for real. Like, we got in we, from the get-go. I knew we were dealing with a really shady dude, and we got in the middle of the jungle, and he kind of renegotiated the deal over and over and over until all the cash was gone, regardless of having double what he said it was going to cost and, and all the porters leaving in the middle of the night, basically, and, and we're just kind of making our way out with the gear and made a show out of that instead of the show we were trying to make. So, uh, there was a lot of reactionary production. So in that sense, it was very real as well. You know, I'd say the Guyana show was more real than, than any of them because we were dealing with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> so. That's
1: crazy. That would be really scary. Yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. I'm cut out for that.
0: And it was, it was one of, you know, I, I, I think I really like watching shows like Naked and Afraid and yeah. things like that these days. Cause I'm just like, oh man, I, I kind of know how that feels. You know, and, and it's one of those where I look back and go, I'd, I'm, I'm really glad that that happened because it's one, it's that experience in your life. Like, well, if I can handle that, then this is no big deal.
1: And you have proof. So no one can say, oh man, you were exaggerating. You'd be like, actually, right, if you right. look at episode two, yeah. <laughs> you'll see that I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I just watched Primal Survivor um, yeah. on, we got Disney Plus, and And uh, so the Discovery Channel, I think is on there or Nat Geo or mm-hmm. something like that. But. Um, I'm also a big fan of uh, Josh Gates expedition yeah. Unknown. yeah. Um, how do how do other people do does everyone get a job like that just kind of on accident or kind of how kind of how you did?
0: I think you know, the way I did it, I'm not sure how, you know, I, I, I got to dive with Josh and shoot with him in, in Aruba one time. Um, but I never got a chance to really dig into his process, but I think in most cases, People that end up doing this kind of thing are people that aren't afraid to try to craft their career into their lifestyle. So if this is something that they enjoy doing, they just kind of keep cracking at it and find ways to stay content until, you know, something happens. So like me, when I was just trying to make ends meet for almost 10 years, it was, you know, when I left Nashville, I moved back in with my mom. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I just want to not and it was my choice. I wanted to just save every penny I had and buy more gear, build a production company and get to a point. Cause I saw something that I was like, I think I can make something happen here. And we ended up doing a, a local TV show called destination sound check. Cause they had this free, you know, we have this least access channel. We have no content and I was already shooting a lot of travel stuff. And I'm like, well, I'll just put together a yeah. formatted show out of all this goofy shit that I've shot <laughs> And and all the late night drunks loved that show, you know, and it was that demo that I made for that show that I sent in to travel Channel that they were like, oh, let's do this. So it it's just a matter of doing what you love and and keep doing it. You know, once you get to a point where you're like, oh, this isn't working, I give up. Then, you know, that's the end of the road. So
1: I like how you worded it, that you integrate your lifestyle into your career and they kind of bleed into each other. That's, yeah, I don't know if everybody is cut out for that. Some people really like that hard uh, line between work and home as proven now with people having to work from home and really not liking it. Some people do, but.
0: There's, there's the other side of the coin of that too. Cause I tell people, you know, I, I look at people that have that nine to five job and even though that's not something that I'm cut out for by any means, I look at them with a little bit of envy that they can clock out and go home and just, yeah, you know, that's it. They can, they can clock out and right. and, and I can't ever clock out. And that's right. why, you know, the only things I have in my life is like surfing and snowboarding and scuba diving. I think those three right. things are the things I can do where my brain turns off and I can just focus on what's in front of me. And so that's why I have to do that stuff or else I'll just go crazy.
1: Yep. I am the exact (laughs) same way. That's why when people are like, oh, one day we'll have like our, our watches, we'll be able to communicate on the beach and then like surf coaches. And I do see the advantage for like surf coaches and stuff, but I'm like, for me, part of it is just not being connected and not counting anything, not tracking anything, not, you know, if I can, not being aware of time just being on my board in the water. So I feel you. You mentioned diving earlier and you got to dive with Jacques Cousteau's grandson, Philippe and his wife. Tell me about that.
0: Uh, That was one of the coolest gigs I've ever had because it was one where, uh, it was for Caribbean pirate treasure on, on travel channel. Uh, we did two seasons of that and you know, one the, the crew that they put together, it was headed up uh, by Bob Asher over at Critical Media, and and the dude is just a nonstop character, and uh, and it just became a family really quick because we all just we all just clicked, and that's often rare too. A lot of times we're just it, big crews just kind of get the job done, and you know you never talk to them again. But
1: hey, everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. The UWF Historical Trust. We shoot the show in the Museum of Commerce and the T.T. Wentworth Museum, and not only is this an amazing step back into the 18 and 1900s, but it's an event space too. How cool is that? You can see everything at historicpensacola.org. If you want to tour one of the 12 museums, and yes, Pensacola has 12 museums, and you get your tickets in person, show the ticket agent one of my emails and you'll get $2 off an adult ticket. You can get emails by texting real to 66866. So I don't have kids, but I also want to tell you about It's Your Magazine. They're a national family-centered publishing company with free parent magazines. They have parenting advice, events, and inspiration. I'm actually in a networking group with a publisher, and this guy is all about family. You can view a free magazine in cities in Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Florida by checking them out at itswormagazine.com. And in sec. So I've always felt iffy about pesticides then the mosquitoes got so bad i would get covered in them from walking from my house to the car i called insect and to say i've been impressed is an understatement when the treatment wasn't quite doing it the owner actually came to my house he found the breeding sites identified the species of mosquito and adjusted my treatment to that species that's when I found out he's also a beekeeper and pollinator issues are always top of mind. So if you're in the Florida Panhandle or Gulf Coast of Alabama, give him a call, ensec.net. And DexaFit Pensacola. So new thought, the scale is just your relationship with gravity. Now when I get on my scale and me you know likey, I say, you don't know me. What does know me is the 3D body comp scan. I can see what I'm made of and what's right for my body. Plus, when you get a Dexafit scan, you also get a consultation because what good is data if you don't know what to do with it? After you know, you can make your fitness plan smart, like expert level 5000. Also, look this up on YouTube. It's pretty awesome. Dexafit.com. Now back to the show.
0: You know, and Philippe and Ashlyn were just amazingly genuine people, uh, which was nice. <laughs> you know, I've worked with talent that I, that I didn't walk away thinking the best of in the past. And, uh, and it was also a gig where I wasn't one man banding anything. I was, I was specialized. I was, uh, you know, shooting B cam. I was shooting uh, stock footed, you know, the, the, the beauty shots and establishing shots and then uh, cross shooting for different scenes and then uh, doing all the underwater stuff. So, and then, then second season I was doing more of the drone stuff and things like that. So I actually had the best gig on the show aside from hosting it you know because when when the guys were doing the 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 meat of the story like we're going to cross shoot the, them talking to this Shane why don't you just go explore the old town and get some establishing shots and then when we're out diving looking for treasure you know the whole crew is sitting getting seasick on the boat and me and Ashland and Philippe are down you know looking for treasure oh yeah.
1: that's amazing and you found some
0: yeah I even found some but while I was shooting really you know I would just looked down and be like you know kind of dig around and you know I found a, a bottle from like the 1700s and uh and then a full gin bottle from like the 1800s that was perfectly intact and uh, uh Ashlyn found a, a copper ingot uh and we genuinely just like I was I just had the camera on her when we just found this oh stuff sitting there. so there it was a really really cool experience it was a great gig
1: and that was where was that again
0: where? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all over the Caribbean. We were all over. We, we went to Ecuador, Peru, oh. uh, Belize, uh, and, and all over the Caribbean. So. so
1: was all that treasure at a World Heritage site? Uh,
0: we found, where did we find treasure? We found treasure in Antigua. We found treasure in St. Thomas. So no. Uh, the the. Probably some of the best treasure we found was in the harbor at uh, where the cruise ships come in and out uh, in St. Thomas.
1: Yeah, because the ships, they turn up yeah, the, the just, soil or yeah, the sand. and Exactly. So you got to keep those things?
0: Uh, no, no. Of course not. No, no I didn't keep any of it. <laughs> 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 Absolutely uh, not.
1: No, that that would not be no, ethical. I didn't do any of that. Mm-mm, nope. Um well, Elsieon, your daughter is quite the rising star. If she yeah. became some on-air talent, what uh, mistakes would she would you want her to avoid?
0: Ooh, there's a good question. Um, man, what would I want her to avoid? I you know, she's already talking about every every time I put the camera on her, she's already saying, make sure to subscribe you know, hit the bell button, all, you know, she's, she's kind of born into this. And, you know, I think mostly my fear for her is just thinking that, you know, her life is a reality show ultimately, and just being and not, not gaining a filter to what she's going to put out there, you know, because a lot of that stuff, you you make one wrong move, I, I still look back at my history, and think, you know, without social media and all these things, you know, if we make a mistake in our life before the time we're 14, then we could be known for that for the rest of our lives. And and nowadays, everything we do is under a microscope. So it's, I, I don't know how kids don't get to a point where they're like, you know, I, I don't even think you can move and start over anymore because it's all still, it all still exists. So I don't know. I just want her to be smart about what you know, when the camera comes on, you got to be smart. (laughs) Yes.
1: And there's a difference between reality. Right. When no one's watching and when the camera is rolling. Exactly. Yeah. And it's important to be, you know, genuine in both circumstances, but to be grounded in the reality Mm -hmm. part. Yeah. That's, that's tricky parenting um, area there for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that um, our, you know, the tagline of the show is stay curious and grow. And part of why I love to have you on the show was because you're really are like a paid adventurer. So, and your adventure isn't just in the obvious, like I'm in the rainforest. (laughs) Can't find my cameraman, but it's also in the, um, okay, I'm going to pivot, you know, um, COVID-19 hit. You're like, all right, now I'm going (laughs) to redo, redo my reel for the seventh time. And I'm going to um, present myself in this way. So the flexibility and the adaptability, I think, is an essential part of adventure. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're one and the same. So if you were going to give um, people advice, people that do work a 9 to 5 job or even people that are, you know, in the acting camera world, what advice would you give them s- to be more adventurous and have that habit of being adventurous?
0: Um I mean, I think ad- being adventurous is a very subjective term to to everybody, you know, what what I find adventurous you know a lot of people might find ridiculous, so um you know if I could relate it to everybody, I guess I would just say that you know being adventurous is is not being afraid to to take risks and to do things that that make you feel more alive or make you feel scared, which makes you feel more alive um, uh, and I think you know the times that we 're facing right now is is a really great example of. You know, nothing is is secure. Nothing is safe. I, I took the the unsafe route, working for myself and trying, you know, chasing my dreams. And you know, while other people are like I like a steady paycheck. And now, as I've said my whole life, I don't think there is such a thing as a steady paycheck. And we know now that that's <laughs> very very true. So, you know, I think a lot of people can maybe reassess where they're at in their life right now and use this downtime to say, you know what. It, it wasn't worth doing this thing that I don't want to be doing. Um, you know, it was probably a better idea to, to take that risk and it's not too late to do that. So I just think it's, you know, it, it's easy for me to say that because me working a nine to five doing something I don't like, I develop health problems. So I get, I get to it like anxiety overtakes. So it now, so I have to do that. You know, I don't really have a choice in it. Um, but but people that have a choice in it you know i i still would say take the harder route
1: yeah yeah or at least take a hard look at it now yeah. that we have a pa- moment of pause kind of right you know to right. to reevaluate yeah um you real quickly because i know we're run out of time but you had a really cool uh long form documentary of our emerald coast mm-hmm. can you share about that and is there any update on how we can watch it?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to premiere April 4th and 5th, mm-hmm. and, of course, that didn't happen because we were doing it at Suds and Cinema, a, yeah. a small local historical theater, and um, it's been moved to mid-May, which is probably going to get moved again. Uh, it's just a project, a historical project on the Emerald Coast that focuses mainly on Fort Walton, and Island, Eglin, and uh, Destin. And, it, you know, it, we, we've been working on it for, like, almost a decade trying to get it off my back. And now that we're finally done with it, I can't get it released. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, hopefully have a, an update on when we're going to premiere it. And okay. ultimately it will be on my Vimeo channel to for rent or, or download. So we're hoping to premiere it before we do that. Yeah. So and we'll where see. can
1: people keep up with your creative... Productions.
0: Uh, everything is, you know, all my social media is on my, my website at colorearth.tv. And, um, but on-screen stuff uh, typically is, is going to be on my YouTube channel, Shano Goes. And uh, Instagram is more of my daily updates on, on what we're doing. And that's at Earth Pro, And, uh, you know, and there's still a lot of stuff on uh, travelchannel.com. So, there, you know, we did a few different series. Like, uh, real is a really good one with King Phillips. You know, I produced and, and edited and shot that. And, uh, uh, top 10 locals list was a really fun show that, that I did for them. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of stuff online to kind of, fill the the void right now
1: (laughs) or binge depends how you see it yeah well this has been awesome if you are listening or watching to this and loved it make sure you share it with a friend and all of the links that he talked about the youtube instagram the long form documentary those will all be clickable links in my show notes which you can get via email just text real r-e-a-l to 66866 this has been awesome thank you so much for coming yeah thanks for having me that's a wrap great time are you still listening just kidding of course you are since you're here here's some ways you can support the show stalk me on social media leave a review share an episode with a friend or check out my teespring page for delightfully sarcastic apparel links are in the episode description